0: Nine reasons why camera sensor size matters, and what this really means to us. Hi, and welcome to episode 123 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host, Rick, and in each episode, I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish, without the relevant details. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience, and not Google. Episode 123, and I still can't remember the beginning. Want me to answer your photography question? Get your thinking outs on, more on this at the end. Here is the answery bit. The size of a camera sensor determines 1. The actual focal lengths that you get from a lens. 2. The resolution of images captured. 3. The sizes of image files. 4. The amount of depth of field. 5. The standard of low light performance. 6. The dynamic range that can be captured. 7. The amount of noise that might be found in a photo. 8. The size and weight of the camera and lenses. And nine, the cost of the camera and lenses. So yes, it's fair to say that the size of a camera sensor does matter. Those are are massive things there. Massive variables from a camera with one size of sensor to another. Okay, great. Now, I have a list of things to go through. I I love my list answers. I really do. It makes it so much easier for me because the structure helps because I'm, as you're aware by now, I'm not very good at this, am I? And nine is nearly my perfect number of list items. Eleven's my optimum, in case you were wondering. Okay, you weren't. (laughs) Shut up, Rick. Get on with it. Time to explain. And again, as ever, I'm talking about cameras that normal folk like you and I buy, which are either full-frame cameras, sensor size 36mm by 24mm, cropped sensor cameras... 23.6 millimetres by 15.6 millimetres. Okay, there are variations on this. Micro four-thirds cameras, 17.3 millimetre by 13 millimetre sensor size. If you want to know more about the specifics of the different camera sensors, just check out episode 6, what are the different types of camera, and episode 8, why is camera sensor size important. Yep, I've already covered this, but I've got much more to say in this episode. And these nine points are very specific things. I'm going more specific than episode eight, which it was a brilliant episode. Don't get me wrong, but this one's better. And again, I need to qualify this. What I'm about to say is in general terms and comparing equivalent products. But these are pretty solid general points that will help inform the choice of camera that we buy and use and which camera system we we go for, because each of these different camera sensor sizes is, in effect, its own camera system. And I haven't thought about this before, but you can't put a micro four-thirds lens on a crop sensor camera. You can't put a full-frame lens on a crop sensor camera. Well, you might be able to in some cases, but you definitely cannot put a full-frame camera lens on a micro four-thirds camera, because it won't fit. Okay, point one, the focal lens. Okay. <laughs> Okay, point one, the focal lengths that you get. I'm laughing because I struggled with lengths. It's a simple word. I've used it before. I just can't say it today. Check out the last episode where I talked all about crop factors. That was Photography Explained podcast episode 122. What is crop factor and how does it affect the photos I take? That's all I need to tell you here. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Crop factor has a direct impact on the actual effective focal length that you get and what you get in a photo, so it's pretty significant. So significant it got its own episode. Number two, the resolution of images captured. Well, the larger the sensor, the higher the number of pixels that can be captured. The more pixels that are captured, the more data that is recorded, and the higher the quality of the image. Images are clearer and have more details and more tonal information. So again, quite a lot then. Three, the size of image files. The larger the camera sensor, the more data is captured. So, makes sense, doesn't it? The larger the file sizes will be. Four, the amount of depth of field. You get more depth of field with a smaller sensor. I can't <laughs> I can't work that one out. I've got a mental block with it now. I've overthought it to the point where I really cannot figure it out. I, I, I've i never understood it, and now it's just like, might as well be in another language to me. I need to work on that one. But for now, I'll just have to accept this. But no, I will not explore this in a separate episode. Well. I I might if you asked me, or if somebody else asked me, but please don't. I fear this one will make my head hurt. And yes, yes, that really is a genuine worry. 5. The standard of low-light performance. The larger the sensor, the better low-light image capture is. 6. The dynamic range that can be captured. The larger the sensor, the broader the dynamic range that can be captured. 7. The amount of noise that might be found in a photo. Now, what's noise? Well, noise is digital bad stuff in a photo. Don't want to get too technical here. Get a larger sensor and the chances of getting noise are reduced. And number eight, the size and weight of the camera and lenses. Dead simple, this one. Larger sensor equals larger camera equals heavier camera. Larger sensor equals larger lenses equals heavier lenses. This is like maths, isn't it? Larger camera plus larger lenses equals larger, heavier camera bag. And much more significantly than that, if my camera bag's full of camera gear, if my camera bag's full of camera gear, that means less stuff I can fit in my bag from WH Smith's at the airport and that can't be a good thing, can it? Put this lot together and this can very quickly become significant, especially if I can't fit my meal deal in my camera bag along with my bag of crisps and my drink and my Copy of Private Eye my newspaper that I'm going to take away on a two-week holiday and never get round to reading. Now I need that space in the bag for my travel essentials, which is why, well, it's not the only reason I use a Micro Four camera for travel, but it's a significant factor, space in the bag for my WH Smith shop at the airport. Moving on, number nine, the cost of cameras and lenses. Now, camera sensors are expensive things, and they require a bigger camera to house them, and they also require bigger lenses to cover that bigger sensor. And all that bigger means more money, doesn't it? Just makes sense. So these are the reasons why sensor size does matter. But I've only gone through them quickly for a very good reason, which I'll get on to right now in what I like to call the talky bit. Does this really matter? I mean, does this really matter to anyone outside of our wonderful world of photography? Probably not, no. Most people would neither know nor care about this. Most people, no dis- no disrespect at all, easy for me to say, will not be able to tell the difference between photos taken on full-frame crop sensor or micro four-verse cameras. And that is the point here. No one else cares, just us. This matters to us photographers, it probably matters too much. And here I am adding to the debate in this episode, so shame on me for perpetuating the, the argument that it shouldn't be there. But back to photographers, if I may. What do pro photographers use? Well, Back in the day, 35mm film cameras were pretty much the default choice of pro photographers. And the modern day digital equivalent of the 35mm film camera is the full frame camera, as in full frame DSLR or mirrorless camera. 35mm film camera was SLR, change the film chamber for a sensor and you get a DSLR. That's the quite straightforward evolution which explains a lot of things. So, do pros only use full frame cameras? No, not at all. They use crop sensor, they use micro four thirds cameras. Yes, I know there are other cameras, but I'm sticking to the main cameras here, as I think I said earlier. And I use full frame and micro four thirds cameras myself. Now, I am, however, as I said last episode, happy to commit to the fact that, in general terms, you can get higher quality images with a larger sensor than you can with a camera with a smaller sensor. But advances in technology, Both hardware and software have closed the gap, making this less significant than ever. And this is going to continue. This is not going to reverse. So in terms of quality, this is less of an issue than it ever was. Like I say, does this really matter? Yes and no. If we're talking about looking at actual photos, you could say that it doesn't matter. Let me give you a real example. I did a commercial shoot using an Olympus Micro Four Thirds camera. It was actually the Olympus EM-1, which Olympus very kindly loaned me. And when I processed the images and put them against the photos taken with my Canon 6D, you couldn't really tell the difference. More importantly, the client who I was working for couldn't tell the difference. And this is the thing. I've worked for this client many, many, many times and always taken photos with my Canon 6D. But when I did a shoot with the EM-1, nobody noticed the thing. Sure, it was a different location on a different day, but the processing I did was the same, and they had the same look and feel. They really did, and nobody ever questioned it. No one, which I think, Sam, it's significant. Now, I know there are practical and technical differences between cameras with different sensor sizes, and I've told you what these are, but does this really, really matter? Many of the disadvantages of smaller sensor size can be dealt with quite easily. Sorry, I had to pause then because I'm recording these in batches. This (laughs) I only finished writing this episode this morning and I was questioning whether I'd already recorded it or not. Yeah, we're all right. We're okay. Sorry, where was I? Many of the disadvantages of smaller sensor sizes can be dealt with. Smaller sensor means a reduced dynamic range capture, right? Well, with my Olympus AM5, I can deal with that by asking the camera to take three, four, five photos at different exposures and putting them together in camera. Sorted job done problem solved but what really matters is this you get the best camera and lens that you can and learn properly how to use them and get out there and take photos go on get out there right now that's the beauty of podcast you can listen to me while you're out taking photos how fortunate you are but that's what really matters that we get the best stuff that we can comfortably afford and need and more and more more importantly we get out and use it what do i do well I use a full frame Canon 6D for my architectural, construction and real estate photography work. And I happily use a Micro Four Thirds, Olympus EM5 for my travel photography work. And I also use it for a bit of personal work. And I've started using the EM5 for a bit of building photography stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. Just dipping a toe in there, seeing what happens and it's looking good. I am very fortunate that I have the best of both worlds and that works for me. The last word. The size of a camera sensor determines the size, weight and cost of a camera, as well as the image quality and depth of field. Choose the camera that works for you and you'll be fine. But get out and take photos. Next episode. Right, it's time for a change. So in Photography Explained podcast episode 124, photo editing for beginners, where do I start? 10 things to help you. Bet you never saw that coming, did you? No, I-, I need to get into this because I've not mentioned anything editing photos at all that might be the start of a a lengthy series any questions obviously let me know i've been dying to do this for ages but it kept on getting pushed down the list by other things because every episode brought up another question which created another question which i had to answer so excited to do this not written it yet starting from scratch and looking forward to it and that leaves this and that (laughs) and that leaves me seamlessly to ask you this do you want me to answer your question or questions? You're not limited to one question, not on my podcast, oh no. My podcast has been created to answer your photography questions, not mine. So please get in touch with your question and when I answer it, I will give you a number of shout outs in that episode, which will exist in podcast land until podcast land is no more. Just head over to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start, where you can also find out more about my podcast and also do stuff to help me. OK, this episode was brought to you by um, the same cheese and pickle sandwich that I mentioned last time, but with some cheese and onion crisps washed down with a Coke Zero that I'm not sipping sat here in my homemade soundproof recording emporium. No, I'm not. It's in the kitchen. and I'm getting thirsty now, so I'm going to go and finish it off in a minute. OK, I'm done. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to me and my small but perfectly formed podcast. It says here, yes, it really does. And for giving me 10 minutes of your valuable time. I really do appreciate you sharing a part of your day with me and I look forward to hearing from you and answering your questions. I just want to add to that. I really enjoy hearing from you, my dear listener. I love getting emails. I love answering them. Even if it's just to say hi, that's brilliant. It's just so nice to hear from you. It makes it mean so much to me. So. Get in touch, send me your questions, and I'll answer them. Okay, I'm done. Thanks again for listening. Cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, straight-talking advice for beginners to get you making money quickly and build a career, is available to buy now. Find out more at com forward slash courses.